Welcome to the JDS Podcast, a place to discuss happenings and exciting topics in our school community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the JDS Podcast. I'm Heidi Tactile, and along with Sarah Andrea, we're going to talk to you a little bit today about executive functioning. I am the learning specialist in second grade and along with Sarah helped create the executive function curriculum for our lower school. Hi everyone, Heidi and I were so thrilled to hear and read all of your questions that you have about executive functioning and today we're going to spend our time addressing a lot of those questions that you had. So let's talk a little bit about the agenda for our episode. We're going to talk to you a little bit about what executive functioning is and lay that foundation. Then we're going to talk to you a little bit about what we did in school to help build those skills in our students and how you guys can extend that into your home to help continue that process. So let's get started. What is executive functioning? Well, executive functioning is a set of mental skills that helps you get things done efficiently and effectively. So that's everything from thinking about your thinking, planning and prioritizing, setting a goal, and developing those steps you need to reach that goal. So executive functioning is a priority here at JDS and all the teachers in the lower school, we have been receiving a lot of professional development over the past several years on EF and many teachers in the school are using EF skills and strategies to not only improve the academic content that they're teaching, but to also improve their classroom routines and procedures and overall systems that they use in their classroom to make sure we have EF-friendly classrooms here at JDS. So we really decided that this was something we wanted to bring to the school after reading a lot of research and specifically there was a study done by Harvard that talked about the correlation of these executive function skills and adult success and what they found was that children who had really strong executive function skills had a higher level of success compared to academic testing and the correlation there. So we decided that once we were doing all of this research that it was really, really important to bring these skills to our school and furthermore that we need to explicitly teach these skills to our children because we know from experience and from the research that it's the repetition of these skills and the explicit instruction that's really gonna build this in our students. So one of the really interesting things that Heidi and I have learned and the rest of the faculty at JDS have learned is this idea of the time horizon and how executive function really develops through time. And we know that executive function starts developing at birth and then goes through the mid-20s. And so as teachers, understanding this time horizon helps us think more deeply about what our students are developmentally able to do at their grade level and then match that with 
what we're asking them to do in the classroom and what we're asking them to do from home. So I just want to give you a few examples of the time horizon and what that looks like. For example, a first grader can only see several hours into the future. So when a teacher is planning a project long term, we really need to think about what we need to do to scaffold and support that student to be able to carry that project through to completion. A third grader, for example, can see 8 to 12 hours into the future. So this is really important information, especially for parents. I know personally I've said so many times to my own children, we'll do this tomorrow or stop the Lego building and you can pick it up tomorrow. And I know now that I can't say that to my children or I need to make it a little more visually connected and show them when that's going to happen on a calendar or point out ways that we can really pause that and perhaps put a post-it on that project so that the kids can see that progression into the future because they're only developmentally able to see several hours into the future. And knowing this at school, we think it's really important to show students what their day is going to look like. And we do that through showing students our daily schedule. Some people call it the shape of their day. Um, but in a teacher's classroom at JDS, you would see a schedule with subjects and times or topics and times so that when students come in, they have an idea about what their day is going to look like. So one thing that we would encourage you to do at home to support this piece is to talk to your kids about the schedule and also really use that visual piece. To add on to that, something that we teach our students is to put on their future glasses and to teach your child to be a future thinker. We know that 90% of planning occurs in a different space from where we follow it through. And that's really important because we really want to help our kids do a mental dress rehearsal before they get to that place so that they can know what it feels like to be there and know if they need to make an alternate plan or what they're going to need to carry out that plan. What is it gonna look like, sound like, feel like when they're in that moment? So again, the future glasses, I'm sure you guys all have pairs of bar and bat mitzvah glasses hanging around and we use those as props in the classroom, put those on and ask kids to think about what it's gonna look like when they carry through a task in the future. If you ever notice while you're talking to someone they use their hands a lot, that's usually an indication that that person has really great executive function skills. And again, that really helps your child picture themselves in the future and really get that kinesthetic feeling about what that's going to look like for them. So I really encourage you at home when you're talking about the future to ask your child to use hand movements to gesture out where you're going, what you're doing, to be able to build that piece for them. So another strategy we use here at school that could also be adapted to use at home is using visuals in the classroom to support EF skills. And visuals are so important because we know that executive function starts with nonverbal working memory. So some ways that you might see this used in the classroom 
is a lot of teachers use visuals to help reinforce different routines that are used in the classroom. So for example, um, you might take pictures of your students for each step of their morning or afternoon routine and you would print out those pictures and they serve as a visual cue to help students remember what to do for those routines. Another way that teachers use it at JDS is to show students what something should look like at the end of a completed task. So for example, in our lower grades, teachers use this a lot to show students what their area should look like when it's cleaned up. Um, I know in my class I use this a lot for showing students what their bodies should look like on the carpet. So instead of relying on the verbal piece and relying on language and to have to give so many directions in the same directions over and over, teachers use the phrase match the picture. So taking that to your home will look pretty similar. You can help your child organize a space, help your child learn the routine of getting ready for homework or getting ready for dinner, make a visual, either schedule for what that looks like. We would really encourage you to use actual pictures of your child going through that routine or actual pictures of what your space looks like because from what we have studied, we found that that taps into a different area of the brain than clip art does, and it's much more powerful. So again, um, we would use a picture of what the space should look like. And while you're going through that process, you can use something called the gradual release of responsibility, where first your child is watching you clean up the space or organize the pieces. After that, you might start to do that and then encourage your child to take over the process. And lastly, you would give them the full responsibility there. And after that, it becomes their responsibility. And again, like Sarah said, all you have to do is point to that picture and say, match the picture. And that really goes along with what we know about learning and the learning progression. When you're first learning something, you need to experience it in a concrete way and then you can move towards the more abstract. So if you know your child is struggling with something at home, you might need to take the verbal piece, take the language piece out of it and go back to that pictorial, back to that concrete experience to help them learn how to do that task. That's a really good point, Sarah. One other piece of information that we learned was that if you give your child a title, they're more inclined to do something. There was a recent study where a gentleman running for governor was talking to two separate groups of people. And to one group of people, he said, good morning everyone, I'm so-and-so and I'm running for governor, I'm gonna do great things for your community, please go out and vote for me. And to the other group of people, he said, good morning voters, I'm so-and-so, I'm running for governor and I'm gonna do all these great things for your community. The study found, and I'm not sure if you noticed the little nuance, but one group of people he called voters and that group of people had more success with going out to vote 
than the other group. And so what this study showed and how it informed the work that we are doing is that if, if you add an ER to anything, your child is more likely to do it. And what we found in the classroom here at JDS is that giving students a title really empowers them. It makes them feel special. So if you walked into a classroom, you might hear a teacher saying, addressing her students as researchers or readers or writers or cleaner uppers. Um, what are some other ones, Heidi? At home, I can think of table setters, <laughs> bed makers. Basically any task, you can turn it into a job title. Even better if you can find some of those laminated lanyards. That is just icing on the cake. And it's super official. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing we know about students who struggle with executive functioning is they have a hard time, sometimes we call it reading the room, looking around the room and understanding maybe how the room is set up, what's going on in the room. And so one thing that we have started to do in classrooms here at JDS is to look at the design of our room and make it more EF friendly. And one thing we've been doing is looking at our room in terms of zones. So sectioning off different areas so that students understand that when you're in this area, this is what happens. And there's some research that says if you just put a very simple label on the zone to show students what kind of area it is, it will increase their ability to complete tasks in that area. So for example, teachers have been looking at their rooms and a lot of teachers have bins or baskets or areas in their room where students turn in homework. And just by putting a label on that area and labeling it the homework zone has increased students' ability to turn their homework in. It's like magic. I love that, Sarah. It's really been such a powerful tool in the classroom, and you can definitely extend this one into the home really easily by setting up zones in your house. So if you think about your house, it's already set up that way in terms of rooms, and the kitchen is where you eat, the living room is perhaps where you watch TV. But what I would encourage you to do is look at each of those spaces and see how you can zone them out even more. And so, for example, if you had your basement set up as a play space with some homework space, you can use those as different zones. And you can set up the homework zone and encourage your child to use that space accordingly and name it and ask your child what resources might he or she find helpful in that zone and what you're doing is really creating a space so that when your child walks into the homework zone or the lego building zone or the dollhouse zone that if you imagine your brain as a filing cabinet when they walk into that space they know exactly which drawer of that cabinet to open up and get out all of those pieces that go along with that zone and there all those pieces are much more easily accessible for your child when you're thinking about those zones especially the different zones for a playroom perhaps that's where you can also tie in the visual matching and show your child what that zone should look like once it's cleaned up. Well, 
That's all we have on executive functioning. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and we encourage you to reach out at community at cesjds.org with any questions, comments, or feedback for Sarah and myself. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School. Stay tuned for our next episode.